Welcome to the Free Birth Podcast, a supportive space for people who are learning, exploring, and celebrating their autonomous choices in childbirth. Together, we'll unpack truths, share personal stories, and claim our ability to birth freely and intuitively. Here's your host, Emily Saldea. to interact with free birth society. These include our incredible offering, The Complete Guide to Free Birth, which is the most comprehensive online course available on how to give birth in your power. We also have a beautiful free birth meditation program called the Sovereign Birth Meditation Series, designed to help you release your fears and actualize your dream birth. Our latest course is called Through the Veil, a profoundly personal, radical pregnancy companion program by Yolanda Norris Clark that offers the opportunity to travel with Yolanda as she moves through the last trimester of her most recent pregnancy and invites you into her birth room to witness the birth of her eighth child. And if you're looking for a deeper connection and the opportunity for sisterhood in community with radical, like-minded women, the Free Birth Society private membership is for you, and you can apply on our website to become a member. We also offer personalized one-on-one transformational coaching with a focus on learning the tools to move out of victim consciousness and towards self-responsibility. Skills that translate to freedom, not only in the context of birth and mothering, but in every area of life. And finally, we are offering all of you, our amazing listeners, the free gift of Yolanda's 20-minute Birth Affirmations audio recording, a gorgeous, soothing meditation that every pregnant mother should have. So just head on over to our website at freebirthsociety.com, sign up, and Yolanda's affirmations will be sent directly to your inbox. Yolanda here, and I'm so excited to tell you about my latest endeavor with Free Birth Society. It's called Through the Veil, and it's an invitation for you to join me on the most profoundly intimate experience of my life and yours, the journey of moving through the birth process into the underworld of birth to be reborn as a new mother into a new family once again. Through the Veil is a very raw, very real third trimester birth and postpartum week-by-week program that includes 17 videos in which I discuss exactly how I prepare for my free birth, including so many of the messy, emotional, logistical, and relational issues that aren't often talked about in the conventional prenatal context. Through the Veil also includes the hour-plus-long documentary of my eighth baby's birth, an incredibly loving, incredibly vulnerable, gritty, agonizing, naked, and beautiful family birth that I'm so, so proud of. I really look forward to you journeying with me through the veil. (laughs) 
We're back this week with Andrea Olson from Go Diaper Free. And today we are discussing potty training with 18 months and up. If your baby is younger than this, go check out our first episode on zero to 18 months from last season. Enjoy our conversation. Olson from Go Diaper Free, and today we are going to be really focusing on uh, soaking up her knowledge and wisdom and information around this concept of potty training, elimination communication from 18 months and beyond. So our last episode that we had her on last season, which you should go listen to, uh, I think it's called Demystifying Elimination Communication. It really focused on zero to 18 months because that was where I was at with my with my daughter. But now my daughter's over 18 months, and uh, I'm excited to say at the time of this recording, we did commit to diaper-free, and she has been out of diapers for almost two months now. Uh, But when we scheduled this podcast, she was still in diapers, and that was part of my inspiration to reach back out to you, because there is a lot of conversation in our membership um, around this age of 18 to 24 months. Um, and and a lot of moms being like, whoops, didn't do EC. What the fuck do I do now? And, uh, you know, I really like your approach. I really like, um, I mean, and the reality is we see so many results with your approach. And so that's really what we're here today is to kind of get into that next phase of when your kids are older and, um, and yeah, just, just see, see where we go from there. So I'm happy you're here. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me back on. I sometimes get this weird vibe from parents of toddlers who are not yet potty trained of kind of just, you know, them throwing their hands up in the air and just being like, ah, it's a wash. Like we didn't, we didn't do EC and now they hate the toilet or they love, oh yeah, that's a big one I hear. They love pooping in their pants um, or they're just having too much fun or, you know, now, now these, uh, patterns have developed or, or preferences. I don't know what to call them. These, uh, yeah, patterns have developed and, and I definitely get a sense of kind of, yeah, like hopelessness or lostness with parents of toddlers of being like, well, now what? Because now they're crazy kids who are going to fight you. And so how do we redirect that? And, and yeah, what, where do you, where do you want to start with all this? I have so many thoughts about that. I have so much compassion for parents who are in that position. And then I also have a lot of judgment because I come from a totally different side of the coin where I've never had to toilet train any of my five children. I have five under nine at this point. And I just, I, so there's that. I have to admit to the judgment because I'm like, if you know that there's an option, why not do it? Because potty training and EC actually help everything be easier. Mm-hmm. I don't think parents understand that. They, they see it as sort of an isolated thing. So they come at it from a compassionate point of view. I just think a lot of us don't know what in the hell we're doing. Of course. And if we had more information, we could do it. Um, I have a recent podcast on the Go Die for Free podcast. Um, it's called, I don't know what number, is in the 60s somewhere, uh, episode 60-something, where um, Why My BFF Didn't Do EC. And she didn't even potty train until super late. Mm-hmm. And it really has created a chasm in our relationship. It's, it's interesting. There's all this shadow stuff. You know, I have a background in Jungian psychology, so I'm like, oh, the shadow. We have all this shadow stuff around potty training. And it's just, honestly, for her, she was just lazy. She, she admitted it. She's like, I'd rather just go sit on the beach with my girlfriends as in Hawaii 
I didn't want to lift a finger. I, I think there's also it. a lot of overwhelm, right? It's so and, overwhelming. And she, had no, she had no resources to support her as a new mom. Most of us don't. And so what am I going to do? And then I get to the toddlerhood and then it's overwhelming because they're throwing fits all the time. And then you maybe have another kid you and then, probably you know, do. Yeah. exactly. And all yeah. of a sudden there's maybe two, three, even four kids. And if you haven't, you know, I think the hard part is our mental uh, unwillingness to break a pattern. And mm-hmm. when we were taught a certain way, you know, it's in our implicit memory. And so that's the part. And I kind of want to call anyone out listening to this who's had resistance to EC or, or toilet training with their child. The hard part isn't doing it. The hard no. part is wrapping your head around doing something different than what was taught to you at this age. The hard part is changing your habits. So I also right. started working out this year for the first time successfully. I worked out since January. We go nice. to the CrossFit gym. I do kind of the CrossFit light at this point, but I the only habit I had to create was to put on my gym shoes. Right. So there's this book called Atomic Habits that I read, and I, I wanna I wanna do another podcast on my on mine um, about how do we make this new habit easy for parents because all you have to do is really change your 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 habits your trajectory admit i'm just being lazy i'd rather use a diaper this is what i'm used to i'm overwhelmed this is not on um, the top of my priority so i could also start by if we want to lovingly give some tough love to the moms listening out there it's not actually that hard to do the way that i teach it with my um book called the tiny potty training book the average of the potty training process is only seven days. So, so we're not talking about a huge commitment here. And then after that, your child, so here, here are some reasons to do it. The earlier you start, the earlier you're done. So that's the first point. If you, if you start early, you're done early. All the BS out there, Dr. Hodges and everybody else, and just makes me so mad to even read anything out there about, oh, early potty training is going to harm your child. So stop using so that weird. as an excuse. So natural birth. I mean, come on. I mean, right, really? So your audience, maybe not, but you know, there's a lot of natural parents and a lot weird. of people who actually do extended diapering. Yeah, yeah. So first of all, or second of all, whatever, whatever number. I I'm just on. assumed that was because they were overwhelmed. Okay, so part of it is overwhelmed, but part of it is this insidious message in our society that says, and it was exquisitely put there by the diaper companies. I have one of my mentors here in Asheville worked for Pampers for 35 years. He holds the patent for the little newborn diaper that has a little cutout. Um, He revealed to me that they could not sell anybody a disposable diaper in the 60s. So they hired a pediatrician, P. Barry Brazelton, to do a study, read the study. I invite you to. It is so unscientific. It is just his opinion that that parents should wait for signs of readiness and have the child lead the process. But why? We're the ones who put them in it. We have the task to take them out of it. Now, all of this messaging has, you know, over the last three generations, doubled our toilet training age. It has ruined our environment. So if you guys want somewhere for your kids, kids, kids to be able to live someday, like the planet Earth, then you need to potty train wherever you are today and stop making excuses of, I don't have time. I run three businesses. I have five children under the age of nine. I also study improv and acting in my spare time. I make spare time. I have dates with my husband. You can get super organized and get this done. But the thing that holds us back is the society's message that says you should not do this. Totally. And I want you to just think about why would they tell you that? Because they want to sell more diapers and because the pediatricians, they have trained the pediatricians to tell you to wait. Just like all of our doctors, you know, when you go in to have a hospital birth, 
are trained in a certain way by the powers that be, et cetera. We could go down that rabbit hole. But in, you know, to avoid being totally conspiracy theory, it's just a fact. They hired pediatricians to sell more product. They got into ages and stages. Their whole point was to delight parents and to make it easier so they could get out of the house and work. Moms. Mm, totally. And honestly, <clears throat> when I told my mentor about EC, it blew his mind. He couldn't talk to me for a week. He came back and he's like, oh my God, we had the best intentions. And now I see that we have actually gone too far. Mm-hmm. But he's no longer working for them and he doesn't have an influence. It's a beast. Just, just think about that. Do you really have to wait for readiness? Are you really going to damage your child? If so, then every human being ever born before 1960 something has been psychologically damaged, apparently. I mean, it's stupid. Okay, and <laughs> and I think we should add that, and obviously we're going to reveal this throughout this conversation, uh, but yes, I do think it is totally realistic to psychologically damage your child in some of the ways that I've seen yep. parents try to potty train. And Absolutely. I used to be a nanny in LA, and you know, you get the the parents find out that they got into the preschool, but the kid has to be potty trained. And so all of a sudden they have six weeks and it's, they have no tools. I mean, obviously with your seven days, that would be a different thing. But, you know, for the people that I have worked for, uh, it was a lot of stress and overwhelm and shame and disappointment. Mm -hmm. And then shocker, you know, there's issues long-term. And now, you know, I mean, I know women my age who tell me stories of how, you know, they have IBS and they have, you know, all these issues because they never pooped at school. And, you know, Mm -hmm. you already know all of this stuff. So just, I want to kind of create a uh, container here that what we're going to get into is our intention is that you leave this episode with an understanding, a grasp of, and feeling inspired to um, move forward with this. If your child is over 18 months with this seven day, uh, you know, concept map. And so that, you know, which, what, what Andrea just said about the whole diaper, you know, industry and its intention um, matched with that there's no roadmap to get away from it. Um, you know, so, so here we are as a society. And that's- yeah, they've left us dependent on them and it makes right. sense and, and they're really good at what they do. And here's the thing, like there's a wave of bringing free back, birth back in as a possibility for birth. There's a wave of bringing um, developmentally appropriate toilet learning back into the the possibilities. So I want to, this is the thing, we parents are innocent in this. We have no idea because we have been given this mistruth for so, and I don't really usually get into the whole thing on, you know, people don't want to hear this, but your, your, your um, audience seems to be, you know, like open to things like this. Like we don't want to be lied to. And once you know that you have been, then you can sort of go, okay, wait, what is going to be, what is going to give my child the best ability to, to adapt, to be healthy, to um, have self, like self-control. And to security, like self, right. And not feel like. Self-esteem, dignity, all of that. Exactly. We talked about that in the last show too. But with a toddler, so now that you know the information, now that you know that we've all been duped and we've been given a disservice and we're now ruining the environment through all the diapers that we throw away, let's do something about it. And there are, there are lots of ways to do it, but, but nobody really wants us to know how to do it so that we can blindly keep buying diapers. 
I feel the opposite. So my site is all about teaching. I don't care what age your child is. And then if you have another baby in the future, you can do some part-time EC. Right. You can just do the bowel movements. You can just do the wake-ups. You, you can just do things a little bit differently where at this point, people who are to- toddler toilet training have been using the diaper as a toilet because that's what our society taught us what to do. It's what we have been led to do. It's, there's no blame here. You parents are innocent in this. Um, the diaper as a toilet is confusing for a child, and that's where you really need to get equipped. How are we going to do this? Let's get them out of it. And the best way to do it is to rip it off like a Band-Aid. So when you, when you take a Band-Aid off, you don't peel it back really, really slowly. And if the child says, oh, no, no, I don't want, I'm going to keep it on, you know, rip it off really slowly. It's very painful. Um, if you just rip it off really fast, you're very certain, and you're like, this is it. Um, our grandparents used to toilet train just by removing diapers from the picture. Yes, it was earlier, like 12 to 18 months, but they would just stop using them because they didn't want to wash them anymore. They were cloth. And I want to, I want to, message. and I want to challenge, you know, anyone who's listening to this, um, with, with the belief that my kid loves pooping in their diaper and we're just in such a strong routine now. And when I have tried to change it, you know, they really fight back. Um, I've had so many moms say this to me in the last couple of months, some iteration of that. And, you know, that is on you, your limiting beliefs that your child is now stuck in this pattern. Um, I just want to remind you that your child is so freaking smart and so adaptive and also should not be the leader on this. No, they're right? looking to you for leadership. You're the leader. Our, our toddlers feel very, very scared. Like it might seem like they want to be king of the house, but when, when they actually are, they, they, they just, they don't have any sense of groundedness. Right. To them. It's like they the are lost and they want you to take charge and lead and teach them. How do I be an adult in this society? How do I do what you do? They want to do everything like us. They want to dress like us. They want to um, be big before they're even able to really do some of the things. I want to jump over this puddle and I can hardly walk yet. You know, we want to, um, I, I just feel, yeah, it's, it's, it's really confusing for a child to be in control of this decision. Right. And it's, our, it's and not our kids, appropriate. and our kids are so smart. So, so I smart. just want to start off this conversation with you are not locked into a pattern the only thing you might temporarily feel locked into is your own limiting beliefs that is keeping you from doing this, but you're here listening to this podcast. And so that is a huge step huge forward step. and yes, we are yay. going to, yeah, yay, welcome. <laughs> yeah, welcome. <laughs> and, uh, you're, you're the leader, your child is very smart and with some communication and commitment and these tools that we're about to get into, it can shift. And so let's, let's, let's get into that because I've seen it shift so many times and obviously you teach this. So at, at let's take it at that earlier toddler stage at 18 to 22 months, the pre two, but um, definitely walking and, and, you know, starting to get some, some nice uh, attitude and, and yeah. sense of autonomy. Yeah. Uh, what, what are, what are kind of like the intro steps to that seven day, um, seven day thing? And I, and I want to just, again, say for anyone who this is new to, if your child is under 18 months, please go back and listen to our other episode because it, it is different when we're working with pre, pre-crawling and crawling and the younger months. Um, so go listen to that. But if you're like me, who has a over 18 month, keep listening. Yeah. So 18 to 24 months. Uh, this is, if you, if you have 
if you have listened to either of these episodes from 12 to 18 months, start and finish within that range. That's the Montessori sensitive period for toilet learning. It frees your child up for learning other things. Mm -hmm. If you're teaching early reading, math skills, anything that you want to teach your child, another language, probably best to focus on toilet training during that period if you're there. If you have missed that window, all is not lost. Don't just give up and say, oh, I'm not going to potty train. I'll just let him do it himself. Um, your child deserves his dignity. And actually after two years old, it has been proven through many scientific studies that your child can be physically, um, so they can get UTIs, medical constipation, and also not to mention the effect on their self-esteem. Being in social settings and having to poop themselves, being given no other choice is actually um, detrimental to their health to wait till after two. Again, we'll talk about that in a second. What do you do if your child's between two and three? Because that's usually when people are starting these days. It's not your fault. So if you're in the 18 to 24 month range, awesome. It's going to be super easy for you to do it now, but don't let your child take the lead and don't wait for more strong signs of readiness. You need to get equipped, read a book on it. You can read my book on it if you want to. You can read a different book on it if you want to. There are some things, some types of potty training though that are not, um, that are coercive in nature and, and are like you mentioned, possibly like you could mess things up and, and, and have a real hard time with it. Um, but anyway, just get equipped, get resourced, read up, get a plan, one solid plan. Do not post on Facebook or anywhere else that you're about to potty train because you're going to get a ton of bad advice. And mostly people are going to tell you, don't pressure your child. You're going to damage them. Ignore that. There's no scientific study that says doing it before two can damage them. Every study says over two damages them. Okay. Now that we're clear on that, get equipped, get resourced, learn what you're going to do, schedule it. You need to take two days off from work. Go ahead. Oh, a lot of you are going to say, but what about daycare? Do the toilet training at home and then tell daycare, I have toilet trained this child. And as soon as you've got some success with poop, which I cover in my book, you can send them to daycare and anything you want because you're paying them. There's no law that says that you have to send your child in a diaper to daycare because they're a certain age. That is your daycare's choice. But as soon as you show them this child has got poops under control, you know, my other um, company, Tiny Undies, I sell cloth pull-up covers. There are ways to protect your daycare's carpets. So just, there, there's a whole, I, I have a lot to say about that, but don't let, oh, but he's in daycare and he's 18 to 24 months and everybody else is in diapers and this would hinder them. Hmm. Potty train at home and then send them in some kind of cloth backup, like thick training. Okay, so cover. so what, what does potty training at home look like? So potty training at home. So it comes down to your resources. You got, there's too much to cover in one show with you. But let's so just do some, some basic intro steps. Basically, you're going to learn, you're going to first address your own, get a little pep talk in your head. This is actually okay. Full permission granted to do this. I need to commit to this. This is a gift I'm giving to my child. This is the first opportunity for me to teach something of value to them. And um, take it seriously. There is a no going back um, mentality with potty training. We're going to do this. We're not going to go back to diapers because doing that will confuse the child. Um, once you feel it, it's almost like being in transition in birth. You're like almost there and you want to give up. That's the part where it's almost over. <laughs> so it's the same thing with toilet training. So what you'll do at first is you'll have, um, scheduled out several days where you have no distractions. I say at least two to three days in a row and it's really intense. So get somebody to help cook or order out or something. You're not going to be, put your smartphone in the drawer and turn it off. If it's really urgent, you know, you're not going to miss out, but you need to really tune down everything else so you can be present with your child. You're going to have them naked from the bottom down. 
and you're going to, every time they start to go pee or poop, they're going to start to develop self-awareness about it, but you're going to transport them to the potty calmly and confidently every single time. So this is an activity of to the potty and we put pee and potty. We say pee and potty, or we say whatever word we want them to say to us. So we say um, pee pee and just place them on the potty. Some kids might freak out getting airlifted. So you bring the potty to them, tell them to sit and have them finish there. So we're working on catching just a few drops each time throughout the day. So you're, you're cool with the little, the little small Mini- potties just kind of being around wherever it you matter are. that it's like the real toilet okay. at any age. It does not matter okay. where that potty is because you want it to be convenient and them to have success. So the more little drops you catch in the potty throughout the day, first day or two, the more it'll start to click with them and they'll go, Oh wait, okay. This pee now does not go in the diaper anymore. It goes in the potty. By the way, before you even start this process, you wake up that morning and you say to your child, cause they are smart. Like you, right. say, you say, Today, we're throwing away the diapers. You take the package of diapers, you put them in the trash. Mm -hmm. You're still going to use them for naps and night for a little while, unless you're doing it all at once, which some people do. But if you just focus on daytime for now and you make it a statement, we are no longer using these. You're a big boy. You're a big girl. Boom. They're in the trash. Yay. Okay. And the rest of the day is about teaching Mm -hmm. by moving and saying a simple word. A lot of parents will over talk. um, They will hover and it'll be like really stressful. No, this is like, this is a celebration. This is a celebration. And and it's like, you don't need to hyper-focus about teaching your child to use a spoon. You're not going to hover over them and make sure they don't spill a drop or they're walking and you're like, oh my gosh. That's a good point. Let's just say right off the bat, like (laughs) there's going to be misses. There's going to be poop. There's going to be pee and get cool with that. Roll up your carpet if you need to, Yep. Uh, you know, but, but that's, that's the thing I always go back to of what, what I've witnessed uh, parents that I've nannied for or whatever, and where the shame and the stuff comes from. And I think we touched on this in the first episode we did together. You know, when, when you pull down your, your child's pants and you see that there's poop, what a horrible thing to receive from the child when you're like, Oh my God, disgust. That is so disgusting. And that kind of energy. Yeah. Um, oh my goodness. You know how that must feel on such a, a, a new to this world, you know, sensitive level. Um, and so that, that's a big piece to this is the energy we put into this is largely what will determine how the child receives this. So when you wake up that morning and you have this conversation with them and maybe you talk about it for, you know, two days or something, and then you, you know, put the diapers away in a closet together and the energy is very curious. It's very excited. Um, if you feel insecure about it, you know, s- figure it out internally, because like she said, you commit to this and this is something you're going to do together, but you are the leader. And so you are, you are dictating the energy. And so really check in with yourself and make sure that you're cultivating a lot of fun and gentle and communicative um, energy around it. Because again, kids are very, very, very smart. Yeah, and, and I would even say to be as neutral as possible. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, this is what we do now. This is what we're doing. And, yeah. and it's not going to freak out your kid. It's actually going to freak you out more because you have to change way more than they do. They're going right. to go along with you, especially at 18 to 24 months. They're very amenable to changes. They're like, okay, this is a new routine. We just need a few days to get up to speed. Mm-hmm. And that's that. I mean, it really is that simple. So you're moving them and transporting during the active. It's almost like potty training a puppy. When they wake up, you take them outside. You say, as they go, you say, go potty. So that teaches them 
what prompt goes with the activity of doing it. With the children, we're doing the same thing. We're moving them or moving the body to them every time. Okay, so if they mm-hmm. haven't done any e-seeing at all, so yeah. if we're just starting fresh at 18 to 24 months, mm-hmm. you, it's still the same stuff of upon every wake, go sit oh, yeah. them on the potty. Yeah. So during this time of observe, this is kind of like the observation period in EC. So if you miss the EC boat and you just couldn't get your stuff together, you're overwhelmed. And then you're like, okay, now I've got a potty train. No shame, no big deal. Just do it. It's fine. That's great that you have even been aware of anything. If you haven't been aware of anything, no big deal. You didn't know. So you you get to this point and there are some things that I call the four easy catches in the morning. um, When everybody wakes up, the antidiuretic hormone wears off, your bladder fills, you have to pee. You are a mammal. Every mammal experiences this. We don't pee and poop ourselves in our sleep. Mm. If you find your baby with poop and pee every morning, it's because they were already awake and you Mm -hmm. didn't know it. So (laughs) this is a really good habit to get into in the beginning. Also in my book, there's an ease in period that's optional. You can just put them on the potty every morning when they wake up just to get them used to it. Mm -hmm. No big deal, but I wouldn't do it for more than a week. The longer you drag this on, the longer it's going to take. And if you don't know what you're doing and and you've been potty training for a year already, stop it. Read a book on it. Do it the right way. Because you're actually, that cause, it's kind of like, you know, taking your time at weaning sometimes can cause more anxiety than just abrupt weaning. Well, it's confusing. Yeah. So anyway, you you get into this, this routine of this is what we're doing now. And there are certain times when everybody needs to pee and poop during the day. Um, if you have your kid, like your, the meals are at set times during the day, great on you because you're actually going to know about when the bowel movements already happen. When you see your child start to bear down like they're going to poop during this naked observation, or even if you're not ready to start potty training now, and it is the parents who need to be ready, but if you're not ready now and you see them poop, you start to poop. Always transfer. Really gently and just transfer them to the Always, body and yeah. put it in the toilet because that is something that um, you're, you're not going to damage them. I, I, this is such a, even after a miss, we still always put her on the potty offer, even if it's a miss, what we found now, and we are a family who did EC. So maybe that is relevant to this story. But if, if I notice a P miss in her panties and then we go to the toilet, she will still release a lot of urine. And I think what's happening is she lets a little squirt out on accident Mm -hmm. and then needs to still release it because she has learned sphincter control because of the potty training. And so some could, and that's just a good reminder for me because sometimes I'm like, oh, she already peed. No, I still need to put her on the potty no matter what. They'll always offer if you have an accident. Potty training is called an accident and you see it's called a miss. When you have an accident, you always still offer because there probably is going to be more. Maybe they let a little bit out so they can keep playing. You never know. Right, right. So, and it's all information. Mm -hmm. So if you missed a big poop, well then, hey, next time you're going to be on high alert. If you don't have the diaper anymore in the picture in the daytime because you've started potty training, you, if you, if all of a sudden you couldn't buy a diaper anywhere or you couldn't launder them, apocalypse comes and and everybody has no power. What would you do? You would potty train just like I'm saying. You would just say, you know what? You got to figure it out. We don't have an option here. We can't be lazy. We can't let overwhelm be our. Okay. So for the mom, let's say of three and it's a crazy house and she is going to go for it. Seven yep. days with this toddler, tired of the poopy cloth diapers, tired of this, you know, dealing with this, let's go. She's going to start with all the wakes and transition periods, offering the potty. Now, one big thing I hear 
at this stage is, oh, my kid hates going on the potty. He'll fight me. He, I can't get him to sit down. Any advice for that? It's just, <laughs> this is the thing. This is the problem with waiting too long. This is where we're all set up for just challenge with mm-hmm. this part of it. And I, I just feel so bad. Um, there are a couple of things. The first is just the be steadfast. At the beginning of my book, I have these 10 ways of being. And one of them is just to be steadfast. You are going to stop using diapers and you're going to stick with it. Um, when it comes down to it, they're in the bathroom with you. You've locked the door. There's a potty on the floor. They have to go. There's no other choice. Right. Now, they it might go on the time. floor. It might take some time. But the way through it is to stick with it and to teach. And you're going to be hanging out with your child naked from the bottom down until that part clicks. And they mm-hmm. go, okay, okay, actually, all right, I know that this is what's happening. And then they start to know right before it happens. So this is a, it's a nonlinear progression. It really depends on your attitude. Like you were saying, be really calm, low stress. If they've been afraid of the toilet in the past, that's because you didn't know what you were doing and you were probably stressed too. So learn what to do and then just stick with it. And even in, and even internally, like this, this is the stuff I, I'm, I'm so excited we're talking about because internally, even having the thought, oh, my toddler hates the toilet you have already created a belief that is limiting you from moving out of it and remembering that you are the leader. So if you are believing the story, my child hates the toilet, I would encourage you to to recreate that story to be my child hasn't yet learned to poop and pee on the toilet and we are going to commit to that. (laughs) And you can even take it a step further. My child uses the toilet now. Right, and commit, and it all That's starts right. with you who's listening yeah. to this. You are the the leader and the deciding factor of this energy. So like she said, I mean, I love the idea of going in there and locking the door and being like, we're just going to hang out in here. It's yeah. all good. And, and also, lock it oh, or not. Holy cow, the privacy needs. Okay, so my babies always needed privacy starting around six to nine months. They would they would want some sort of privacy, like averting our eyes or setting them on the toilet and looking away and busying ourselves with something else in the bathroom. If you're working with a two or three-year-old, you are going to need to give them privacy. So sometimes that means here's the toilet, your pants are off, the door is locked, put your pee in there, you turn around, you start to do your hair, do something else, pick at the paint on the wall, whatever it is, you are no longer paying attention to them. You're giving them space and privacy and autonomy. They were born knowing the sensations that they need to pee and poop. Mm -hmm. We have muffled that over the years by using a diaper cloth or disposable fine. No blame, no shame. Now we are expecting them to to, uh, now if I take your diaper off, you're just going to learn how to use the toilet and you're just going to figure it out yourself. No, this is complicated. We've got clothing. We've got a new receptacle that's not exactly a squat position. You know, I make a really small mini potty over at Tiny Andes that allows a really deep squat. Your kid has one. It's really um, helpful for a lot of kids to be able to mount their own potty Mm -hmm. and have that autonomy. So the other part I want to say, environment. You got to set them up for success. We want kid-friendly stuff in places they can reach it. Um, We want to set them up with loose-fitting pants. So we will be naked from the waist down for a few days or, or a day or four hours. It just depends. And then when, when, when it progresses to the next part, you're going to start to do little outings where they're wearing clothing, but you're only gone for 10 minutes, maybe around the block. Mm-hmm. And you come back in and right when you arrive, you offer the potty. And there, there are these little touchstones of activity. Mm-hmm. So 
as you integrate routines and stuff, then they're wearing clothing some, and at home they're naked still. Then when that really gets gelled, and there are really guidelines in my book, there's guidelines in other books of when those little markers are hit, then they're a little more aware. And so there's this process. It is a, it's not overnight. It's not three days. It could be, but it's not guaranteed. And it's a process of learning and getting over the hump of, I have no idea what's going on to, I need to pee and I'm going to either take myself or I'm going to tell you. And you have to be on board as part of this team. And then there's like maybe a couple months or weeks of maintenance telling them, okay, this is how you wipe, showing them, demonstrating more parts of the process. But the basic potty training hump where you stop using diapers and then by the end of that period, you're, you're have, you've had success and they know what's going on now. That's the part that is learn about it, schedule it, do it. And when you're through it, you'll be like, that was a piece of cake and you'll have a big celebration. And then there's still some, you know, a little bit more learning over time because you never get everything the first time, but they'll get where it goes. <clears throat> we're not born knowing where it goes, but we're born knowing that this is our body and our process, and we don't want to sit in our fill. So teaching them to use the toilet is a way to help them align with their instincts. It's always probably felt wrong to them to poop themselves. And I want to know any better. <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and I want to add a little bit about my experience and that at we we did lazy EC, uh, right. although, as I said in the last episode, around four or five months, we committed to it in a different way, uh, and I guess what that wound up looking like was she stopped pooping in her diaper, and she stopped peeing at night, so she started waking up with dry diapers quite early in her life. Um, and so we kind of just coasted with that for a while. And then at 18 months, I had you in my head and I knew that, that you do a zero to 18 months uh, kind of EC thing. And I was like, oh shit, she's still in diapers. And it was just me not fully committing to it. And I want to speak to that for a second because I'm sure a lot of, you know, a lot of you will relate to this. I just, uh, what is the word, whether it's lazy or just you know, there's something comforting about the backup of a diaper yeah. and that I don't have to deal. We travel a lot. We do a lot of road trips. We fly a lot. And so I realized when I got honest with myself that I was holding her back of where we were ready to go because the diaper provided um, a, a layer of comfort for me, especially when we were out. She was almost always naked or, you know, diaper free at home. Uh, but it, it feels of course different out in the world. And, and I, when I really tuned in with it at, at 18 months, because I did feel a little, uh, shame is too strong of a word, but I felt a little like, Ooh, I'm totally using the diaper. And when I really asked why it was because it just feels easier to keep yes. that around. Mm -hmm. Um, and how do I deal with misses out in the world and, Oh, it's going to be, and I'm not even talking about poop cause she's been poop trained since she was a little baby. So I'm just talking about pee misses. Mm -hmm. um, anyway. So once I identified my own resistance, cause that was really what it was. And we did a member's retreat for free birth society. And I was around uh, another mama who, her daughter is one month younger and she was already just in undies. 
and I was totally inspired and I was like, oh shit. Okay. I got to do this. You know, it's, there's no reason why I'm not. And so I realized it. I was inspired. Thank you, Ariel <laughs> and Luna. <laughs> and, uh, and anyway, so I did it and I came home from the retreat and I talked to SUNY about it and I said, we're doing it. We're going diaper free. You're ready. I'm ready. Let's go. And I want to just contextualize what that looked like for everybody. Um, because I, I think it will be helpful. So the the main the couple things I did was I bought a ton of undies. Um, I got probably twenty five of them or something, so that you know I had them everywhere. I have a bunch in my bag. I have some in my car. I have I have them everywhere that I go. I have them in my hiking backpack, so that and, a, along with um, like leggings, so that misses are not a big deal. Yep. If she has a miss, it's just like having extra diapers. Yep. I'm always packing a couple undies and leggings everywhere. It's just not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one piece. And also, this should go without saying, but as long as it's said, I have a potty in my car, and that is a huge part of our routine. So in terms of what Andrew was just talking about of creating like the ritual and the, 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 um, the patterning, we potty before we leave the house. And then wherever we get to where we're going, even if it was just a 10-minute drive, Mm -hmm. but especially if it was a 30-minute drive, but it doesn't matter, no matter what, when we get out of the car seat, I put her in on the potty in our back. So we keep our back pretty empty, and there's a potty, there's wipes, there's extra undies, and there's um, extra leggings. And So So you're prepared. I'm prepared. Yeah. And so we always potty her before we go do something. And then we potty her before we get back in the car. When I'm traveling, when I arrive at the airport, you know, once we check in, we go to the toilet. You know, I'm putting her on the real toilet now because uh, mm-hmm. I'm not traveling with a potty anymore. I used to, but now mm-hmm. she's big enough that she's fine with it. Um, so it is a, it is a, we're, we're both doing it, the child and I, because she's cueing me most of the time, but she definitely doesn't cue me a hundred percent. And oh. so where I take responsibility is preventative, right? So that We're is a team, right? Yeah. Exactly. We're a team. So most of the time she's going to come up to me now and she holds, she holds her herself and goes, <clears throat> and that's just for pee. She doesn't poop in her, in her, in her undies, but, um, she sometimes is having too much fun or she's too distracted or overstimulated where it's going to, that would, you know, she wouldn't let me know. So where I have really trained myself, especially the part where I'm not using the diaper as a crutch anymore is now it's on me to be offering her the toilet about every 30 minutes. She also drinks a lot of water. So she's (laughs) a very hydrated little person. And so about every 20, 30 minutes, she needs to pee. And so, you know, that might sound annoying to listen, you know, to be like, oh man, every 30 minutes I have to do this, but my kid is potty trained at 18 months and she loves it and I love it and it's so bonding and it feels so good and we feel so in tune and she's this little kid who doesn't deal with, I mean, every now and then we have a wet, a wet undies, but like I said, it's not a big deal for me. I'm prepared. So it's not stressful. I'm not caught in the middle of, Oh my God, crap. What do we do now? So she doesn't receive that energy. And that's where I can take responsibility, you know, and that feels really, really, really good. And so I'm happy to say at 20 months now, you know, she's, she's, we haven't put a diaper on her in about two months. And that feels, that feels really, really, really good. And, and again, it just wasn't hard. The biggest thing it took for me was to take responsibility for the prevention not to always wait for her to cue me. And like you already said in the previous episode, transitional times, 
um, when you're younger, but, but even if you're brand new to this, that's where you start. When you're out of the car seat, when you first get home, when you first arrive somewhere, when they, potty, wake, up when when they wake up, potty in the car, and you're putting them on it all the time. And even, even my four-year-old, even my six-year-old, they all have to be prompted at times. Mm-hmm. We are, even when you go on a road trip with a teenager, you need to prompt them. You need to go before we leave. I mean, it is part of your job as a parent, right, really. Right. So if you're thinking about, I provide food to my child when they're hungry. I provide sleep when they seem to be tired. I provide love when they have hurt themselves and have a boo-boo. This is just zooming out. So you're providing the opportunity to go pee and poop in a hygienic place, which is in alignment with their instincts. It gives them great self-esteem. It normalizes their behavior. So my kids, we will take five children to a very nice restaurant once a week. And everybody will always come up to us and go, oh my God, your kids are so good. And I swear by it, I feel like toilet training, as early as you hear about it, toilet training period, and especially EC, if you've heard about it early enough, normalizes children's behavior. Mm. In Montessori, it's like they're done with that task and it frees them up to be able to learn how to be with others in a social setting, to learn how to do anything, um, any and task. And you're proud of your kid. And they're proud of themselves. Right. It's a Everybody cyclical it makes everything easier. And I'm not kidding when I say that. It, and actually, a bathroom trip is way easier than cleaning up a three-year-old's oh poop blowout. Totally. They are sick and have diarrhea. I mean, my God, who wants to deal with that? If you really are telling yourself, I don't mind it, fine. But your child really doesn't have a choice. And at this age, you know, whatever age you're listening to this, get equipped schedule it and do it. I also don't believe somebody if they say they don't mind diarrhea. (laughs) I know, like seriously. I when when the first time my daughter had diarrhea and she did it all in her potty, she was I remember that nine months old or something. Yeah. And I was like, this is yeah, I was like, this is the ad. This is what sells it. This is what's on the billboard. (laughs) All of her baby diarrhea didn't touch a diaper once. That is the ad. <laughs> it's awesome. There's so many benefits. Like people aren't motivated by, oh, I'll save the environment. People are motivated by, but when you get, get catch a diarrhea in the actual oh, toilet. Yeah. So, so the one thing I did want to circle back to is during the toilet training process, you're talking about transition times. We're also talking about your child's natural timing rhythm is every 30 minutes. You know, my two and a half year old, we took him out of diapers at 12 months. Um, way before I was, I totally relate to what you're saying. I totally love diapers. They are so, they make you just relax. You don't have to worry about anything. You can just relax. On a road trip. Um, On a road trip. Oh my gosh. So there's a time and a place, I believe, you know, like at night, I definitely like to use them at night. Even if they come up dry, they're convenient. But I really, with my fourth, I got them out of diapers at 17 months. I had a hard time wrapping it up with him. Mm. With my fifth, I said, 12 months, he's walking. I'm doing it. I don't care what's happening. I'm going to, I'm going to woman up. I'm going to mama up. I'm going to pull up my boots and I'm going to do this and just give him the tools. He is self-confident. He, he is very normalized. He's just a very, very just, he, he's in a classroom full of all the other kids have diapers on. Mm. And he is so proud of himself of being the only one who doesn't poop himself. And he doesn't shame anybody else. He's just like, he's the role model. He feels like the big boy, you know? But um, his timing right now is about every hour. He can hold it for two hours. Mm. Um, my four-year-old will hold it way too long. I see him doing a pee-pee dance, and I'm like, you need to stop and go to the bathroom right now. So it's a constant teamwork thing, and the, the amount of time they can hold it varies so much. We've got camels. We've got frequent peers. <laughs> um, but when you don't have a diaper in the picture with the diaper on, they pee whenever they have no control. They're not controlling it. When you train them and teach them, and have a routine, they actually start to consolidate 
and will hold it longer and longer because their muscles are getting used. They're actively connecting their brain to their sphincter and they're going, okay, I can release everything now. And full release is actually the thing that keeps them medically healthy. Mm -hmm. With EC, they learn full release. With toilet training, mom's nervous, kids nervous. They might only release, they've been learning to release a little at a time. That causes problems. We want everybody to be really relaxed. During the training, we want to learn when are transition times that most humans need to pee or poop? Um, what is my child's specific natural timing? So that when I see them doing, what's my child's signal? What does their pee-pee dance look like? You are using this time when they're naked from the bottom down at home and you're, you've got your Facebook off, your phone off. Right. You're not even reading a book. You guys are just playing and you're not pretending to notice, but you notice when they start to go. You're learning their rhythms. You're learning each other. Mm -hmm. And from this knowledge, like with feeding and sleeping, you've already known that all along. You've been practicing that from birth. With this, this is new knowledge. You're going to learn each other. And then you're going to integrate this into your life without the crutch anymore. You're going to consciously say, I will never go back to diapers. I'm going to pretend like the apocalypse has happened. There aren't any available. And if and you're I the am, mom that says, yeah. oh, my child is a sneaky pooper and he gives no signs, I would say, get your phone out of your face and, and look, look for the signs. Because they're going to hide behind the couch or they're right. going to squat down they're and gonna, look Exactly. They're going to squat. They're going to, yep. they're, they're guaranteed they're doing something. And so I would reframe it as, oh, my kid's sneaky. I can't figure it out to get really curious and say, I'm going to spend two days being so present with my child that I'm going to learn their cues. And mm -hmm. when you frame it like that, oh my gosh, what an open mind, right? Like I'm going to get curious. You learn so many other things about your child too. Totally. Time. So many people are like, oh my gosh, I just feel so much more connected. And I finally get like, we finally get each other on another level. It's, it helps everything with parenting. It builds trust. I go on and on. Now, the other thing is like, what if you've already tried potty training and it was a disaster and it didn't work? And everybody told you it didn't work because your child wasn't ready and you feel bad about what you did. I want to encourage all of you who've already tried or maybe you had the potty out and you thought your child would just take themselves magically, which is just like ridiculous. Why would they do that? They know the diaper, but you know, we think it might work. Um, we take them outside naked all summer and think they're going to train themselves. If you've had a backfire situation, I would recommend just starting over from the beginning and doing it right this time with some knowledge. And like, we don't know how to potty train. It's a lost wisdom. We have to learn it. So just, you know, suck it up. Listen to Communicate. Tell Communicate. the kid what's going to happen. And tell them what's going to happen. But also as a parent, like get educated. You don't need to be a master at potty training. You just need to be able to do it effectively one time with this one kid. Well, that's what mm -hmm. I hope you're really taking from this is that oh, this yeah. is yeah. simple. It's, it's so simple. This, it's not like this confusing map. I mean, even what we talked to, even the touchstones that we've talked about, mm -hmm. you know, is you do your own internal work around this and commit to this and then communicate that calmly and relaxed to your kiddo. And yep. then you tune in for a week and you commit and you know that there's no going back. But And what the actual tools look like is the wakes and the transition times, offering the potty a bunch, you know, learning their cues, getting, und getting undistracted. And, you know, all of that, I mean, this is simple stuff that we're talking about, mm -hmm. you know, and if you're, if you're willing to be the leader and to take responsibility, um, this will render wonderful, exciting, bonding, you know, self, self-dignified results. It just will, you know, and so any, any of the limiting beliefs that are coming up of, oh, my kid loves sitting in his poop or, oh, she hates the toilet and all of this, just stop, 
just stop it. <laughs> and by the way, for all of those problems, the index of half of my book just specifically is all troubleshooting. Mm-hmm. Like there are so many things that are so common that everybody faces when they're toilet training. That is not right. Been... Your kid is not unique, right? Like, no, I mean... it's it's not a big mystery, you guys. Right. All the answers are in that book or another book you want to do. It's all been found out. All you have to do is go, okay, I'm going to do a quick study. I'm going to commit to this because, and, and some people will say, well, no, I'll just wait until they train themselves, which about 5% of kids do. And usually it's around four years old. Ooh. But in the meanwhile, um, bi- diapers don't biodegrade. You're, you're, you're possibly exposing your child to health risks. It's been proven. So I'm guilty. Well, I on. think about it's not healthy. So I think <laughs> about the mom who's pregnant, who has a toddler and is yeah. pregnant, cleaning those two in diapers. I've never so statistically, I should have had three in diapers at the same time. Right now, I should have three in diapers statistically. I'm sorry, but that makes my job harder. And right. I'm kind of lazy when it comes to parenting. Like I'll put everybody outside and just make them play outside, even if it's cold. I don't care. I want I want the easiest path of least resistance. Having one in diapers who doesn't poop in them floats my boat. I should have three in diapers. Mm -hmm. So if you're pregnant, train your child before your baby comes and then your baby can, your child, your older one can help EC Mm -hmm. the baby. It can be this thing where you change your family tree. You change the way your generations treat one another and you, and you set everybody on a path to just, it's just a healthy, it's a, it's a positive thing and it helps you just to get on the same page, but mostly God, that self-esteem to have your kid be the only one in daycare who is trained. That's bragging rights right there. And it can also influence the other kids positively. Totally. And they'll and be I, like, we want to do that too. You know, I, Suni's doing a funny thing right now where, you know, she, she's almost two. So she wants to boss us around and you know, is having all the, the, the seeking autonomy, cute stuff come up. And uh, so she knows that if she cues, it's the one thing that will stop what we're doing and put her on the potty, right? But that also equals alone time with undistracted mom or dad, right? So she has, and I'm sure most kids do this, but so she has her little cue. And if, if Johnny and I are trying to have a conversation or if I'm working on my computer or if we're road tripping, which has been the most annoying um, (laughs) because we're like on the highway, she'll, well, I'll just hear her in the back. Yeah. Yeah. And she has these cute little puppy dog eyes and she's looking at me holding her, you know, holding her um, Yoni. And I'm like, do you really need to pee? Are you just messing with me? Are you just messing with me? And she's like, "Mm, mm, mm, mm." and so of course I'm going to pull over. I find the closest turnout, get her on the potty. And then she'll be like book or, you know, whatever, play, but it's fine. That's a part of, so if your kid's doing that, it's fine. It's part of it. And it passes, it passes. Every one of mine have done that. And and it's like, okay, now, then it just stops all of a sudden. You're like, okay, you're done messing with me. Shoo, good. And it's kind of, you know, (laughs) I'm a pretty relaxed parent that tries really hard not to put myself into things like time frames that will stress me out. And so good choice. (laughs) Yeah, I do my best. And so, you know, I always, it's, it's fine. Like she, I understand what she's doing, which is she's using a tool that we've co-created to get my attention. Absolutely. That's actually like very smart and adaptive and absolutely. Okay, great. And so, I mean, it's, it could be worse. She could be getting your attention with something terrible. Oh, totally. So she does open palm smack me, which is a different conversation. Oh man, toddlers. So this is another thing. If anybody's listening with the 18 to 24 month crowd, um, 
earlier start, the earlier end, and you also don't have to deal with all of the asserting oneself, they can focus that energy on other things besides resisting your toilet training efforts. And it's even more important to put a very firm, very clear foot down and turn the boat around very clearly, a 180. Stop using diapers. When you're doing the toilet training, it's very important for the parent also to be highly educated on exactly the steps they're going to do because then there is no chance for the resistance is futile at this point. Mm -hmm. It is going, it is happening. There's no choice. And what is that? What is that? But that's a healthy boundary. And for some of your parents, that might be the first time you've ever set a boundary with your Mm -hmm. child because you have been doing the opposite of what your parents did with you. Exactly. That's fine. And I have tons of people in our community who are like, I I don't really want to give boundaries to my child. But think about this. When your child is 16 and being exposed to the possibility of doing drugs or having sex, you want them to be able to talk to you and you want them to have instilled in them healthy boundaries about that, right? So this is sort of a first tiny step in that direction of you as the parent guiding and giving a boundary that will affect your child's ability to have boundaries inside themselves. I know it's getting a little deep. It was like, really, this is the first chance you get to set a healthy boundary and like do it firmly and know that you're not being mean. That's actually what your child needs, especially at three or four. They need you to be certain. When you get off track, you can always do a reset, you know? And that's true too. Yeah. You can start over a couple of weeks later. When we went on our road trip recently, we definitely got off track. And then we came home and I have a babysitter that's here a couple times a week. And so I let her know like, Hey, we got to get back on track. And Mm -hmm. so we both, when she did, she did the first two days while I was working and she just set a timer and put her on the potty every 30 minutes. And it was fun. And because you knew your child's natural timing, which I just want to tell everybody, everybody's not going to be 30 minutes. Totally. She drinks a ton of water. (laughs) Great. And it's playful. And of course we have books in there and it's all fun and da, 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 da. Um, But it only took about it only took about three days to get us back on to no misses. Travel and, can disrupt it, illness, divorce, right. moving houses. I mean, there's so many things that can, teething can disrupt it, but it's great because it's just information. You just reset. Yeah. You just reset and you, and you just recommit to, you go, okay, we're going to do the grown up thing here, which is setting the right. And, and that's, and I wanted to bring up the babysitter because yeah. it's, it's, you know, if you have childcare, you, you obviously need to include them and get them on the yeah. same page. Don't use that as a reason to not do it. Use it as a reason to, they're your team, right? They're co-helping, you know, raise this child. And so you include them and, and it's not a big ask, you know, it feels good for the, the person that's helping you to be, you know, in tune with your child. And, and you don't want to, you know, you don't want it to be three steps back anytime your kids with anyone else. You need to include them in what you do. I have so, trained so many ba- babysitters, so many in my, my preschool down there. Grandparents, the everybody. Grandparents, everybody. It's not that hard. It's, it's also another excuse. It's a limiting belief, like you said, self-imposed. Um, but the people at my preschool love that they don't have to change that many more poopy diapers. They're totally. super down with it. And it's adorable connection for them. Exactly. Um, if you want, I can give um, your listeners my, I have two little handouts that I like to give people about how to um, talk to your preschool or daycare about potty training. Nice. And also, like, it's a handout for the parent and a handout for the teacher. It's the really thorough. So if that's your block, which is most people who work or have mm-hmm. some kind of caregiving, um, I'd like to give that to the people listening, too. So we'll figure out a way to do that. Because um, that can be the one thing that makes it, okay, we can do it now instead of waiting till they're four. Exactly. And so at the so just to wrap up, I do want to now talk to or have you talk to the over 24 months. Is there anything yeah. different 
that you would add or take away with the over two years? I think what I just said a couple of minutes ago would be the one thing that I would say. You're just going to have to be more clear, more steadfast, more equipped because you're in the threes. In my experience with my own kids, the threes were harder than the twos. Um, They just get even just a lot more friction because there's a lot more going on there um, independence-wise. So definitely getting equipped, getting on the same page with your caregiver, your spouse, if you have one, whoever's in your house, you've all looked at the same material, you have a game plan. It's like um, we have a couple of military parents in our community and they're like, this was our, our plan of attack and we, we strategized and then we, did, we followed the plan. You know, um, Being more organized will definitely take off the pressure, but like super matter of fact and clear and kind of ninja parenting wise, you just, this is what we're doing now. And not in a mean way, but in a way of, I'm teaching you how to tie your shoes. Or so no, in a, I'm the leader. My kid and is I'm, smart and adaptive and it's yeah. time to get on top of and it. You can do this and not, oh, here's the other big piece for three-year-old parent. Do not over talk. Oh my God. It shows that you're terrified of what you're doing and it really leaves them no space to think. So do not over talk. Very clear, very brief, very steadfast. If it doesn't work out, wait a couple of weeks do it again. But again, like in my book, it talks about if it doesn't, but that only happens to just very few. Most people are shocked and they're like, my kid just did it yeah. and it's done. Duh. Your kid is smart. Also, one other thing to note about three-year-olds is if they might be um, playing with you behaviorally or they might be a potty training deficit. There's something they missed in the process. If they all of a sudden have accidents and act like they never were trained at all and you have a ton of accidents, always good to go back and do the training really quickly one more time to see if they've missed anything unknown to both. You may never know what it was that was missing. Mm -hmm. And if it's behavioral, then giving whatever normal consequence you would have given for any other behavioral thing, you can easily find out if it's a potty training issue or a behavior issue. And I know I've only had one kid, so I didn't deal with a child who resisted the toilet but I just, I feel like logically the preventative, you know, being so on top of it that they're always getting these opportunities is so obvious to instill. It's the same thing as being preventative um, with eating or sleeping. Because you know if they're overtired or they're super hungry, they're right. going to be a terror to deal with. So you be prepared as a parent and just add this to your repertoire. Again, half my book is like solutions. Yeah. Um, we've seen it all, you know, yeah. we're like the grandma, the wise grandmother who, who's seen it all. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really, and it's it, anything that comes up. Um, we have a really active community and coaches who, who help in our forums and stuff. Um, there's a lot of support out here, even though people around you might all tell you not to do it. Just don't talk about it until you're done. Mm-hmm. And then you can say, we've done it you know, keep it to yourself. Well, so then, yeah, please let everyone know how we can learn more and buy your book and join your community. Yeah. So, um, my book includes access to the support community as well, um, as a little private video library that my then three-year-old Isadora is teaching your child how to do things like mount the potty, pull down your pants. Cute. So she's talking directly to your kids in that video library that comes with the book, but the book's name is the tiny potty training book. You can find it at godiaperfree.com. Um, I have a little store there. You can also find it on Amazon. Um, there is an audiobook version as well. If you're into that, there's also just a digital version. If you just want the quick, you know, look at it on your phone kind of deal. Um, I make it really easy. 
and anything else, like if you have a younger child and you want to learn more about EC, listen to our other podcast on your show. And then I have an entire podcast on EC as well as tons of resources, any age, literally, if you go to my site, it'll, it'll, it'll tell you where to go with what age you're at. And I love your tiny undies. Oh my goodness. Definitely check out tiny undies. Thanks for mentioning that. Um, we have a new mini potty that actually has been, um, it has a reputation now of helping kids meet that final potty independence. Like just that potty has helped them. So I have small potties at tinyundies.com, but I also have underwear for really tiny bottoms, six months and up. 100% cotton. And the training pants I sell there are really great because they can hold a pretty decent sized pee. I've got some that have um, little visual elements to it that are like self-dressing underwear and training pants that have the bear from my board book. I have a board book that goes over the toilet routine. I mean, literally everything you can think of for that that don't have characters on them. They're not commercialized, just really pure basic things. The other thing is if you're dealing with daycare and you want to have a cloth pull-up cover over your undies or training pants, I have something called Tiny Ups that I invented because I needed them as well um, that you can keep in a wet, dry bag and just like keep their pants protected and the floor protected at daycare or on road trips, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So anything, and that whole um, company was devised because I needed stuff for my kids and then right. everybody else wanted some. So and that, that's what I found. <laughs> with, we, we use your tiny undies as well. And I found that she, even if a little comes out, she feels it because now she's, you know, the diaper kind of blocks you from feeling it in the same way, but because it's on cotton, she feels it and she'll suck it back up and then come over to me and cue me because she knows well it's wet and she doesn't want to hang out in wet undies. So, you know, again, just really reiterating that this takes a little while for your kid to figure out, but once they do, um, it, I've just been amazed at any limiting belief I had realizing it was my own crutch and my own, uh, nervousness or newness to this and then moving through it and how adaptive she's been at every stage. It's been really inspiring to myself to see, you know, that that everything we've been saying, just to see that it's actually so much easier and that my child is so smart, just like yours is, and that I'm the leader. And when I take responsibility for that, uh, she has met me every step of the way. Yeah. And a lot of us are really afraid of failing as parents. Um, There's no perfection in parenting. There never has been, never will be. It's all learning. So if we're not on a pedestal showing everybody everything we're doing on social media all the time and focus on that, if we're just like, bring it to the home front here, what's important? What are our values here? And nobody's judging or looking at you. And there's tons of support out there for you. Mm -hmm. I think it's a wonderful thing. And I'm really glad to hear about your progress too. Way to just turn it around. You're like, wait, we're at 18 months. Like, 18 Let's months. Do it now. Shoot. Andrea's limit. She says baby should be diaper free at 18 months. Let's go. <laughs> so, oh, no. good. It was totally. I actually good. did say it's easier before then. I, if, you know, we all, we all have our own trajectories. No, and then it was again, great because I realized I was just hanging on. I was totally, she was ready. That's what it was. was. Yeah. I realized she was ready and I was the one that hadn't gotten ready and so just like with the committing to it with the poops back at four months old, I was not committing to it, but she was ready, you know, yep. and whatever that meant intuitively. I don't know how I just kind of knew it. And then being around uh, Ariel and, and her daughter, who's a month younger and being like, oh yeah. this." And it's even not readiness. It's capable. She was totally, capable and totally. she was actually waiting for your lead. She exactly. was waiting for you. Like my daughter was... 
I took her out of diapers at 13 months. And then at 15 months, she was telling us every single time, literally has had two accidents in her life since 15 months. Mm -hmm. This is not everybody that this happens to. But what it demonstrates is that babies are capable, toddlers are capable, and that we can't impose our ideas onto them of when we think they're going to be because they always surprise us. They're amazing. Exactly. They're so amazing. All of them, not just mine or yours, all of them. them. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I hope this will be helpful to many, many, many mamas. And uh, yeah, and you can find everything else about all of Andrea's incredible offerings at godiaperfree.com. that's it for today, everyone. Join us next week for another episode of the Free Birth Podcast. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your body, your choice. Lots of love.